0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Johnners Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined this week by one of the top trainers in Scotland, the tyrant, TJ Rage. How's it going? How are you doing, mate? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm very well. Very excited to have you on because uh, much like um, I'm speaking to Glenn Barr in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, I should say, and yourself and him always seem to pop up in any story I have of someone's uh, starting out, uh, if they've got, who who's their first person they helped, uh, who helped them, and um, always seems to be uh, yourself in and about there. Uh, so I'm very excited to get you on season three of this of this uh, show that's inexplicably still going. Um, first question is always the same, so it's a boring one. It's a boring wrestler question. How did you get into wrestling? What got you hooked?
1: Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, mate. I'm uh, excited to be here. So what got me into wrestling? I've always been a fan. Day one I think we all are. Anybody that's involved in this side of the pond's a, a wrestling fan. Um always wanted to do it. Once I finished college, university, I found a school and just took it for there. It was quite quite a random story actually. A boy I used to work with he knew I was into the wrestling, he knew I was looking into schools. He was at a party one night and came across somebody that knew the trainer at the time for BCW. Back in the day, I'm going back 16 years now, and he got me his number and it took off from there. Uh, so as far as,
0: I think I, I remember reading an interview um, a while ago, I think it was 2015, uh, WrestleMania 10, was that round about the time where you started
1: watching? Well, that's, that's one of the first ones I, I remember kind of having as a kid. My very first VHS, that's how far back we're going VHSes. Uh, it was WrestleMania two. I had that in VHS, but WrestleMania ten was the kind of a one that got me hooked and got me right into, right into wrestling. And a kind of a that's a, my first kind of a memory for, for loving it.
0: Uh, there's quite quite a difference, uh, a bit of a contrast between WrestleMania and two and WrestleMania ten, because uh, it took a big shift uh, between like your old school uh, wrestling, so, so to speak, and to the kind of uh, was it the new gen-ish?
1: No, just, the new, just starting the new generation. That was the the tagline, wasn't it? It would be the, the hashtag nowadays. I know,
0: I know. I'm at an age where I had VHS as well. So it's it's very strange seeing all these hashtags. on like, back in my day, it was just taglines <laughs> on things. Um, so was one of your, again, this is just from from bits and pieces. I do my research
1: for these podcasts. Uh, Bret Hart, is he one of your favourites growing up? Uh, he was one of, he was probably one of the favorites growing up. I was never a big Hogan Mark, like I loved Warrior and I love Savage, like I love those two, uh, and then Brett, That was my he's probably my all time all time favorite still to this day. You know, it's like you go through different favorites as as you go through and as you keep watching and what have you. But I think he's he's always been my all time favorite. Um, he's a guy that
0: I don't think I well when I started watching it was uh, ninety nine, so I. I wasn't there for Brett. Uh, I've had to go back and watching things like uh, an OSW review, things that go back and look at these times, uh, you really grow to appreciate just the little subtleties that he brought to everything. Um, there's a lot, there's a couple of Brett Hart uh, questions, in. that's that's why I brought that one up. So I'll just dive straight into those ones. Um, just first one was uh, Declan Early, of course,
1: Krieger. He, he asked, how many Royal Rumbles had Bret Hart won? I always like to to wind me up on this one because I was never happy see the, I don't know if you, I've, you've probably seen it now, but the, Royal, the 1997 Royal Rumble, how that <laughs> one went down, where Austin getting eliminated, then obviously coming back in, so he always likes to, to get that that dig in.
0: So, so that, so, we have a
1: wee bit, me and him have a wee bit of fun with that, so obviously the answer to these questions is one. <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say he always measures it as a half for 94 because he didn't totally win it. I know. <laughs> I
1: know. I always look, I always look at it. See if, you, see if you go to Mania and main event then you've won it. So 97 didn't count. Undertaker wonder if I went to Mania that year and wrestled for the bills so 97 doesn't count. Uh, and then Jason Hyde just dropped in with uh, just in big capitals the Bret Hart story. <laughs> So, uh, I was fortunate enough to beat Brett, I think it was 2006. There, were, there was a, a whole load of wrestlers were doing a convention in, in Manchester, so I think. Brett was there, Warrior was there, Demolition, Sonny, um, Animal Felody, Hungry thunkman Man, um, I'm just dropping all these names now, um, but the old, the old BCW trainer that uh, I used to train under, Myself and one of the other trainees went down, and the, the BCW uh, trainer, he had connections, so he got us in backstage and went and got to meet Brett. But uh, before I met him, I walked into the toilet, and he was st- standing doing doing the toilet, and I walked in, and obviously, you're going to be still Yeah, you've looked up to all your, all your days. So that's, that's basically the, the Brett Hart story. I was in the bathroom with him, talking to him, and... Uh, I was asking him about his book, and when it was coming out, is obviously going back two thousand six before his book had his book had just come out, and he didn't understand a the word they were saying. You know, it's like <laughs> you speak. If you've ever been, if you've ever been to America and you spoke to somebody at a convenience store or in Canada, then they don't understand. You if me and my wife go away, she needs to do all the things because I just get frustrated because you say something, you ask for a Pepsi or something, and they can't understand <laughs> that. I love what you're saying, so that's a very hard story. And in, in the in the Jen's bathroom inside Old Trafford in Manchester, uh asking him about his book. I mean, there's
0: stranger ways to meet folk. I I know. <laughs> um yeah, I've 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 never actually been to I've been to Canada, uh, but I was young enough for get away with with uh being able to mumble because like my mum was there, so it was fine. But uh yeah, I'm always I'm always a little bit scared when I wanted to get to WrestleMania. Not next year, the year after in LA. And I'm just thinking, the nice yeah, fun. the Hollywood one. I'm just like, I've, I've got no chance because I mean, I, I don't think I've got that thick of an accent until I speak to someone not in <laughs> Scotland. And I apparently do <laughs> I have a thick accent. It's weird. I mean, this hybrid of Northeast weirdness where you, you either get two levels understanding and nay. Uh, <laughs> understand when, I, when I
1: speak, then. When I speak to him, it's, uh, sorry, excuse me. And then I say it again and sorry, excuse me. And I'm like, Audrey, can you just, can you just order it order the food or whatever? Can't Canada's, Canada's not as bad. I think if you speak slow enough, then they then they understand you, but oh America's America's really bad. And even in New York they're, quite, they're not the most patient people in the world if you're in New York. So yeah, it's not the best. It's not the best there. So going right back to the start train, then yeah, you, you got your contact.
0: You got in BCW. Uh, did you have a bit of a sporting background
1: beforehand? Did you do any, any kind of sports in college yeah. uh, before you did it? Well, I played football. Uh, right up to I was eighteen, from about twelve to eighteen. So that was my that was my sport before before I got into wrestling.
0: Um, so that was cardio. So Sorry.
1: Yeah, I played a wee bit of basketball, a wee bit of badminton high school and then into college. I done sports in college and then like my, my, my background, like my job, one of my jobs is personal training as well. So I've always kept myself relatively fit until this lockdown came in. Um, so yeah, just, just football, played football for six, seven years before I started wrestling. And how did you find that
0: first? I mean, I know we're going back what uh, you said 16 years. So what what do you remember from your first
1: uh couple of sessions and, and how it was on your body? Um I think it was the agile the actual like bumping and that wasn't wasn't too bad. My first my very first experience, I went down like just to check out, and I was still in Wallaglin at the time. Um but I, did, I never actually started there, so i do done all my research, went and found the school, went and spoke to the trainer, and then that school, that location kind of a shut down, I don't know the full background for that, and then the, the trainer just took a wee break for a while, and then it started back in B-School Bride. But my first couple of sessions were, were a bit surreal. Like I, uh, my, first, my first day, it was really busy. Lionheart was in training, and this was just kind of a, um, as Drew was getting signed to WWE first few sessions uh, Liam Thompson was there maybe the second session and then within maybe four or five sessions Drew was actually there taking training so the first few were pretty pretty um, surreal if you like like you're going in and you're seeing guys that are kind of already established on the scene at training Um, I don't really remember it. Like, Say that again, but no, I was, I was just—I
0: uh, was just saying, of course, because these are—I mean, even now they are the biggest
1: names. But well, back to what you're saying? Um, so I—I I don't remember it being that bad. Like we just trained on mats back then. I don't remember the bumping and that being all that hard going on the on the body. The first thing, like um, the first thing I remember, hurting was the chops. See, the first time I done chops, um, the old the old trainer whatever thing like you do three chops just take three chops and then that was that was you and then if you wanted to keep going you could keep keep going one of the first things i remember kind of a, well this is quite this is quite slow, but like taking the bumps and things like that i didn't find i didn't find them that sore uh when, when i kind of went in i kind of mastered the the flip bump right away i found that one the easiest one i don't know i don't know how because i've always been quite a big guy um but for some reason I just I can I can do a really good uh, flip bump. But that's the first thing I remember hopping and then the first time I got in the ring with the with the ropes, the um, the rope bonds on the hitting the ropes for the first few times that was quite that was quite painful. But I don't remember like the bumps or that being good. So that like the early the early days were were great experiences. It was it was never there was never really any consistency where numbers are trained in one week, there'll maybe be 20-odd 20, 20 people there, and the next week, there'll be, like, two. It was it was strange. Uh, but, yeah, you say you're just a bigger guy. You're a big guy. It was just,
0: like, broad shoulders, so I suppose if you do land in a bump, it's got more more space to to rever, That's Aye. not a word. Reverbitate through. I'm just going to use it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I suppose that, that would be a bit, a bit easier. So, you said 16 years. I've got down... According to the Germans at cagematch.net, your debut was 2007, uh, which was 14 years. So, about 18 months,
1: two years of training before you, you actually made your um, debut, was no, that right? I be, no, I was, I was only about six months, mate, so maybe I'm getting my... my. I was 20 when I started, I'm 36 this year, so... coming ah, up just on, Germans are wrong. I, <laughs> um, so, I'm 36 in July, I started when I was 20. Uh, I made my debut in the September. Of whatever year that was, whenever I was 20, mate. So, what was that? Uh, I was born in 85, 95, 2005, I think. Then, all right, so yeah, that's, that's a good a fair September, September 05, I think. Uh,
0: what do you remember that? Did you a... like, ready for that?
1: Um, I think I was wrestling wise. I hadn't hadn't had as much ring time as I probably would have wanted, but uh, my debut match was against Wolfgang, so uh, obviously the trainer thought I was ready and um, Wolfgang was happy with the match after it, mate, so I would say I I was ready for it at that point, yeah. Perfect. For a debut, as long as,
0: as yeah, the person you're with and the person who's booking you is, is happy, that's all you need, really, at that stage, isn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. As long as you believe in yourself, mate, and the, the booker believes in you, then that's what that's what at the end of the day. Um, so I've got
0: two years missing of, of information then, so we'll, we'll kind of float about uh, of the last 16 years. Um, so I was just making a note of some of your opponents, and it was a pr- pretty good list. A pretty good list of people
1: that you, you've been in the ring with. Um, one I'll spring up is uh, Vader. I got to work with Vader. I uh, was that was at BCW when he was over for that. That was BCW. Yeah, it was me and Red, me and Red Lightning versus uh, Vader and Grado. Uh, I can't even tell you when that was. That was that would have been a good few years ago now. But um, um, that that was good fun. Walking with Grado always always great fun. It's always uh, great to be in my And and uh, he was backstage like, Vader. You should give me your mask, and I'll put your mask on. And um, like there was always all these horror stories kicking about about Vader. He's like, he's dead stiff, stuff. He's dead grumpy and to plan with me. But he was absolutely fine. Just get in, and we, me, and Red just bumped about for him. And I think if you watch that match, I don't think me and Red actually get any offense in. But. Uh, the crowd went home happy mate that's what that's what we were there to do our job and it was fun it was fun to be in the ring room. uh was that one
0: you're a bit starstruck? i mean you, you met Bret Hart uh in the toilets uh but again to wrestle Vader I suppose this would be the guy you would have gone up watching on night night seven ish he was
1: he was in the uh, yeah, it, 96 97 it was it was a bit it was a bit strange because if you go back and look like he never really had his Vader gear on. He just kind of uh, had on like a vest and, and top, so it was like you weren't like, kind of getting the, the full Vader experience, if you like. Um but I you, I would need to think back, mate. It was it wasn't like um I probably was still strong, th was sorry thinking back on it, but um it all happened so fast, like didn't really have time to think about it, if feel like. Um, but I mean, like I like say, trying to think back and it.
0: got you got 16 years of bumps to, to go through to get <laughs> back to that point. Um, another one it was, was of course uh uh Nation, of course now Apollo mm-hmm. Cruz and WWE. Um so I've got down 2014, you know, by then you you faced him. That was certainly in uh, PPW, but you faced
1: him again. Yep. I SSW, perhaps. SSW, yeah. So I wrestled him in a singles match in Dumbalton. Uh, that that was fantastic. He was obviously causing it in Japan and in Indies, and he was he was he was amazing. Some of the stuff that guy can do for how big he is and all the flips, and he was he was a lovely guy. Um so that was uh, that was a great experience. That was that was to that point, probably. One of my favorite matches and one of my biggest matches. Uh, I think before that i wrestled Doug Williams. So that was a pretty big deal as well. Um, but he was he was fantastic and that was a that was a great experience. Uh, and then we'd done we done a four-way match. Uh SSW, I think it was me, Yuha Nation, BT Gun, and I think it was L Technical in that match. Obviously, I fatal four way is much different from a singles match, but both those matches were were great fun and fantastic experiences. Uh, and then, of course, the one that I, I've i got to see a
0: couple of your matches when uh, you came up for Rock and Wrestle. That was kind of the first time I see you wrestle myself live. Uh, cause I'm in Elgin, so it's it's uh, an hour up the road to Inverness. Um, your match against uh your watch against Joey Legend all the way up, and I think was Strath Strathpeffer. You may have faced. I think it was Straight Str- somewhere ridiculously oh. up north. Uh, in Strathpeffer, and then of course you came back down. I uh, wrestled Drew, Drew, uh, Drew Galloway at the time. Um, I don't know how many did you face? Did you wrestle Drew a lot beforehand,
1: or was this your first match with him? No, that was my first ever match. with we, we'd done a wee bit of training. we drew before we went to WWE the first time. Um, he'd taken a few training sessions. At what was originally the BCW Academy, um. But I'd never, I'd never wrestled them before. I think it was, supposed to, I think it was a surprise one as well, if I remember rightly, because uh,
0: you were, you were demanding a title shot, and then Drew came out and ended up fighting. Uh, so, how was when you're facing these big names when you, when you wrestle? Do do you, do, you, do you overthink anything, or do you, are you just so you said this, at that point where you're just like, oh,
1: I'm just going out and wrestling, coming back. I'm right. Done. Um. Like, with Joey a with Joey legend, I'd wrestled, him, I'd wrestled him a good few times. Obviously, we were working wrestling. Uh, he's he's over for W3L quite a bit, so I'd wrestled Joe a few times. By that point, Joe was Joe's always always fun to wrestle. Um, but the whole the whole Drew thing happened so fast, because it was meant to be Drew and Jack Jester. That night, I think that was a build match, but um, Jester was out couldn't make it so it was it was all it was all very last minute and like normally you would get time to think about it these things maybe get announced a, mon- a month a couple of weeks in advance but it literally happened that day um I can't even remember who I was scheduled scheduled to wrestle um so you don't have you don't have time to think about it and worry about it. But again confident in my own, own abilities I can go out there and have a good match with anybody, and obviously Drew can go out there and have a good match with anybody, and it was um, to date probably my favorite, my favorite match ever. Um, that that I mean, was I,
0: weird. I, I do remember that because I, I was it was one of the few times I did I did running for the show, so I was picking up folk uh, at the airport and things like that, and uh, I went backstage and there was Drew. I was like, Your day pick for the show why are you here? <laughs> it was just like, it was a very, very weird time. Uh, but tag team wrestling, a terrible segue, but tag team wrestling is something that you that, uh, seem to be quite synom- synonymous wi- with. Uh, I've got uh, Raging Storm, of course. Uh, your your team, David Blaze, was I think it was called Blazing Storm. Uh, of course, tag champion with Tiger as well, W3L. What, what was it, would what, what, what you? What, did you
1: find tag team wrestling a, a bit more enjoyable? What? What's? What, what would be your preferred, uh, singles and tag wrestling? Um, I don't think I have a. I don't think I have a preference. To be honest with me, I just love wrestling. I just love being in there. Um, I, I do really enjoy tag wrestling when done properly. Like a lot of a lot of guys, single guys, are just thrown together and don't have a, don't have time to. To build the kind of a chemistry, but a lot of the a lot of the independents don't have that many tag teams either because obviously it's an extra, it's an extra wage bill at the end of the day. You know what I mean for the for the promoter. So you won't see loads and loads of tag tag wrestling up and down the the country. Um, so it's, it's completely different. But I love I love them both, mate. Um, so th- I wouldn't say I, ha- I have a preference, but uh, Tagging McCreary on W three uh, L was some of the most fun. I've had uh, wrestling because my baby faces up there, which is not something you'll see me and Craigor doing loads of. But uh, the gave us a lot of opportunities and a lot. It's a lot of fun wrestling. It's a lot of fun wrestling with Craigor, and then just wrestling his baby faces is completely different for what you'll normally see. Both of these do so. I do. I love both of them, mate. But. I don't really have a preference to answer your question. Sorry. Uh, it, was, it was actually, I, I didn't realise, I
0: was through my questions here, and it was Cameron Finlay who asked it. Of course, Logan Storm uh, who asked the question. Uh, but, yeah, your, your team with Krieger, uh, definitely, when I've been watching things on WTL, show, Wrestling Showdown and, and the like, you've got this kind of, like, like, road warrior kind of vibe, Where whereas you are the baby faces, but you don't necessarily wrestle. Like baby faces, you just come in bulldoze, and then possibly one of you get the pin, and, and that's it. So, uh, was there any conscious effort to make it like that? Because you're two big guys, um, to make it kind of like road warriors, or did
1: you model it after any particular tag team? No, like like I say, mate, we just go out and have, we just go out and have fun. Well, well, me and greg are probably best mates in, that's probably one of my best mates in the wrestling business. So we'll just we'll just go out and have fun and and enjoy ourselves. Like if you ever thought that's one place I can go up and you'll see T.J. H. Do a 619 and W3L. So if you've never seen that, go and check that out in the W3L network. It's it's um we just go out, we just go out and have fun, mate. And it's um we appreciate Musso for letting us do that. So it's, it's nice
0: uh, to be able to go out and just, just do that sort of thing. If, if everywhere else you're supposed to be scowling or or uh, being the big heel and, and that must be nice just to be able to just go out and, and uh, especially with WTL W3L crowd because we're speaking to, to Mike, um, he, he meant, we talked about the inflatable hammers. I hate inflatable hammers, but it must <laughs> be nice to go to those crowds and just go, well, I'm going to get hit with them tonight, so that's fine. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Def Definitely. It's always good to see the see the heels getting hit with the inflatable hammers because some some of the kids are, are vicious. They've, they've, got a good, they've got a good bit of power behind them. Some of them will just come up and whack you as hard as you as hard as they can. I've I've
0: witnessed kids turn those hammers and use the client. It is ridiculous how vicious <laughs> children could be. I mean it's inflatable, but the client still Still got an uh,
1: edge. If, if they catch you with the kind of a stitching, if you like, if they catch you with that bit, like you can get a sore one.
0: Um, so I'm just gonna again dive into the questions because we'll just kind of answer some of them as we go along. Because Dean Ford asked, uh, what's your biggest achievement in your career and also your favorite match or moment? So we kind of mentioned the match bit, but uh biggest achievement, favorite match, uh, favorite moment.
1: Um, biggest achievement like kind of a Personally, was was having the match with Drew. It um, doesn't get much. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Obviously, he's had the WWE Championship twice. Now, from a kind of a personal standpoint, but a lot of the a lot of the guys that I've trained is it's a big achievement to see how well they're doing. Your legs, are Kenny Williams, she started with me. And um, Daddy Black coming through. I don't know if you've seen much of the ICW Fight Club team. She's He's doing amazing just now. There's a lot of guys coming through. Dean obviously started with myself. Dean Skinner's kind of a, those two guys are starting to make waves in ICW as well. I've been I've been doing it for a long time, so it was a big long struggle. He started with myself. He walked um, him and obviously Lou. are doing Lou was more uh, kind of a bar school, bar head school, um, but I've done a wee bit of training with with Lou as well and to see how well all the, the guys are doing is a is a big achievement as well, which is obviously is it's personal, but it's more it's not something I've done, it's just something I've been able to contribute to to help these guys do so well.
0: Just, uh, that's, really, that's a, a really uh, selfless uh pick this achievement just seeing your your kind of students and uh, doing well themselves. So what, what made you transition from I mean you're still doing wrestling of course, but from being a wrestler to, to taking up training? Was there anything in particular that made you move to that part?
1: It just, it just kind of a happened. It happened kind of a kind of a naturally, if you like. Um, so I'm trying I'm trying to think. We trained we trained in East Co Bride for a while and then we had like a unit in East Co Bride. And um you had different guys coming through. There was always always seemed to be kind of a show, shows on Sunday, and sometimes we we're on the shows and other times we were just at training. And um, I don't know if you remember, some people remember Chris Rampage, used to tag with, with David Blaze as well. And myself and him were the kind of a two most experienced guys at training. And the other trainers weren't, weren't always there, they'd maybe have a show or they weren't there and then myself and Rampage would take the training and then it was it just kind of started started for the mate, teaching the less experienced ones and then it eventually I became that we opened up the Airdrie the school and then it just kind of snowballed for, for the mate, I can't even remember when that was but that was a that was a good few few years ago so it was just kind of a from one money and most experienced ones helping the greener guys coming through to eventually opening the the elderly school and expanding the expanding the product.
0: Um, so just to fight over to to talk, Tom Humphreys uh, asked a question. I think, I think he's, he's probably one of your students as well. Um, but, he just put, what does training the what does training the next generation of Scottish and British wrestling talent mean to you personally and professionally? So kind of mentioned it as your biggest achievement, uh, but what does it what does that mean to you that you are sending these guys to NXT to to beyond?
1: This gives you that kind of a satisfaction of giving back, if you like, mate. Like, like wrestling is quite is quite a selfish sport, I suppose. Every sport is. A, I suppose you need to be selfish to a certain degree, but it's all about giving back and just passing on that that knowledge and helping. Helping the young guys come through, it's, it's, um am What was think, tell me the question again.
0: Uh, you so, said, what, what does training doing? the next generation of Scottish and British wrestling talent mean to you personally and professionally? So, I mean, I suppose it means that you're doing the training, right, <laughs> in
1: one respect as yeah. well. Yeah. definitely. Like, just giving the, giving the guys somewhere to go and somewhere somewhere to learn. Like everybody's at different everybody's at different level. So like um take take Dice take guys Black, for example, right? He come in, he's maybe been training somewhere between five and seven years. He came in maybe a, a young 13 year old boy and he was he was so small and so so shy. And to be able to take him to where he is now to give him that confidence and his own ability to go out and showcase. It's just, it's just amazing to see. And like young, young Tom, he's so so keen, man. He's he's got a lot of raw talent. But sometimes and it's not not just young young Tom. Sometimes the guys are trying to run before like run before they can walk. So to be able to take them for the first bumps to to live shows is amazing to see. And it's it is. It's, it makes you, makes you dead proud to be able to say you, you've done that. Because like I say, everybody starts at, at different levels. And you'll, you'll have people who come in and have absolutely, like stuff, you, like, stuff you can't teach, for example, like personality and charisma and stuff like that, you can't teach. But you'll get guys that will come in, like Kenny Williams from day one, like, he had everything, like, everything was flawless everyone was absolutely flawless to him, but you've got other guys that will come in that, um, I'm trying to think of an example, maybe someday that's, um, maybe, maybe I mean Skinner's a good example, when he came in, like, he's quite an athletic guy, but, maybe somebody that I thought, wouldn't have, went as far as he's, he came, so he's, he didn't have, the natural ability that, that Kenny has, but, you see how far he's coming, how well he's, how well he's doing now. It's just, it's really, it's really amazing to see and to have that. Like you need to have a lot of patience for a lot of them because a lot of them will think they'll try and run before they can walk. If you like, mate. So it's just yeah. being able to have the, the ability and to teach that is really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I've I've spoken to to Daz for for an episode. That's not how it is yet, and he was pretty much saying. He, he he was keen, but pretty much his feedback when he came back was, yeah, you need to slow down. <laughs> slow down <laughs> and uh, just get everything else in order first. So you could do all the you do all the flips and the fancy bits. So you needed, needed someone to kind of just rein him in a little bit. Uh, for for that in his in his respect anyway. So is there anything that you spot initially uh, like is there anything you spot we look to someone when they come in for their first training session or have you and go, right, they've got they've got something
1: that we can work with. You, you try and see that in everybody, mate. Like 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 I go back and see, like say sorry, a lot of the trainees now they'll watch they watch all the all the indie guys, like a lot of them. A lot of the indie guys don't perform that art of wrestling if you if you like. They don't take their time and sell and and things like that, and a lot of guys will just watch all this and think, oh, that's how I'm going to wrestle, and that's how I'm going to do stuff. And a lot of the stuff that they'll maybe watch, they'll maybe go and watch about Lodgeborough versus Ricochet or something, and then think they're going to come in and do that their first day, you know what I mean? So you've got to be able to break it down and teach, teach your basics. Like, all all I'm looking for is, like, when they come in, is it is a good attitude and a willingness to learn. And if they've got that, then you can get them to a decent. You can get them to a decent level. at the very least, show level, mate. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, mate. You see, guys of all shapes and sizes. You got your the guys like from one end. You got Lou, who is what five foot four, uh, as he says often. And then you got guys at the other end like um, like Kuma, or. Uh, Grum, I think Grum's another wrestler. That these guys are they big guys, but they clearly have some some aura about them as well. So, wrestling doesn't have a, a type. I
1: would say would that would I be right? No, thinking it, about? Def, definitely that. If you look if you look at Lou, Lou's one of the most entertaining guys out there. Like if you look at him and he's tag team with on the on the independent circuit. Not talking not talking about ICW like out with ICW like they come out to I think it was a Liberty X song, and they've done all the dancing and things like that. And that's that's so that's so entertaining. Like those two, like you can't teach that kind of a personality. That's one thing. Like you can't you can't teach you can't teach personality. And what those what those guys bring to the table is so so entertaining. And if you look at within ICW, like lose promos are are really entertaining as well. But it's on a different it's on a different kind of a level. So that's that's something. That's something you can't teach. You need to not be shy, like. But that's that's something you can you can kind of learn how not to be shy and go in front of a crowd, and but you can't be shy if you only wear a light in front of three four hundred people. You know what I mean? But if as long as as long as people come in, they're respectful and they want to learn, then I'll give them as much time as they need to to get to where they, to where they want to. Yeah, too. You know what I mean. So, like, I don't really, I don't really. That's all I look for in people. You know what I mean? Just, just the willingness to do it,
0: to, to try. <laughs>
1: uh, definitely. Like, like I say, there's no girls uh, kicking about Scotland that just do wrestling because, oh, I think I'll be good at this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make lots of money. There's like everybody does this because they've got a passion for it and They love it and they want to follow their dreams. Uh, I mean, uh, when you're saying things like I watch watching the
0: independent matches and the offspring and all that kind of stuff, when you think about like for for me anyway, my some of my favorite matches have probably had five moves in it because they've done that character work, they've done the build. Grado, you know, I've seen Grado doing uh doing all these flips and and all that stuff. You can you can get things just as over by I don't know uh just tripping you up, and that's it money made uh, but yeah that's, that's uh, totally there's, there's no there's no set way to wrestle but I suppose the, the less you can bump the better on your body as well as at the end of the day also
1: no def- definitely if you can go out like like I say Grado, is the most entertaining man in Scotland like everybody everybody loves him you go out and you just wrestle his match and the crowd eat it up and the and they love it, and everybody's, everybody's got to find their own style and wrestle their own way. You've got all these big men that are trying to do flips and stuff like that when like they're trying to do all these fancy moves, but if a big man can take your head off with a clothesline, that's going to get over, you know what I mean? Rather than doing a big flip or a big dive for the, for the top rope or a big back body drop or something, then these things People need to learn how to wrestle their size and find a style that suits them. That's it. I mean, when you were saying earlier
0: that, that you're one, year, one of your things you learned really quickly or were able to do is the flip bump. Um, I, mean, I suppose, I'm just trying to think of your matches. and Actually, it makes sense. Like, you're, you're the big bruiser guy. You'll spear someone, you'll club them, big clotheslines. But if someone gets you and you do that big flip, that's it. They're, they're made for that moment because they've made you do that that big, out of, out of ordinary uh, uh, flip. So it's, yeah, I mean, when you try to break down wrestling, wrestling's really easy. It's, just, it's Logically, it's really easy. It's just trying to get that reaction. Um, right, we're over to the questions for a second, because I've got Ethan Skinner. We mentioned him. He gave me a weird one. He just put, what comes after Bish Bash Bosh?
1: And so... I. That's something like if I'm when I'm teaching the guys I'll go off in mad, tang- mad tangents and start using my hands and just start like I'll I've be been, I've been talking about one thing and then I'll go into the next thing and then that's something one of my old trainers you know, used to say it's just kind of a something I've picked up so like talking about the baby faces come back whatever whatever like, kind of a moves are like a, that's kind of a, what bish bash bosh means so if it's whatever it is, like your big, your big hot tag in a tag match, your big comeback, like bump, 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 bump and feed, like get up and go and show the crowd what you've got. So what usually comes after Bish Bash bosh, a big back body drop. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Craiger asked, uh, how good was the
0: APA speech when you were in Texas?
1: <laughs> I think... Um, I think you should get me and Prager on one time in an over-18s episode and we'll get a, we'll crack open a few beers and we'll talk about Texas. Um, but I think we were both too drunk at that point to remember. The AP, the AP's speech um, in Texas. I don't even think we made it. And what, what show was that? I mean, was it, was it uh, Ron Simmons Hall of Fame? Me and Prager were at WrestleMania 32. Together, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they. I'm not even sure if the APA went in because I know Bradshaw went in this year or 20 the class of 2020 or 2021. But it'll be uh, Teddy Long going in because didn't um, Aaron
0: Simmons and Bradshaw they did his induction?
1: Maybe whoever whoever the whoever the first inductee was at the what um, what was that five years ago? So. Was it 2015?
0: Right, I'm going to find out.
1: Because whoever the first whoever the, the first inductee was I'll see if I can find it here. Me and him were. Because I'm sure the tickets I'm sure the tickets said like half seven on it. So we've showed up at half seven and it's already started. Um, It was the Godfather. The Godfather. So uh, I think that actually means I don't know if one of the I don't know if one of the AP or the APA inducted the Godfather, but um, I think I think that's what he's referring to. But um aye, I think you maybe need an eighteen-plus episode there, mate. And we'll crack open a few beers and we can the three of can sit down and do that. We've got some good stories for Texas. I'm, I'm certainly planning. i I'm, I'm, uh, I think we
0: could actually uh, break out the old pennies and get like the unlimited the, version of zoom and we can get all folk on and just just have an absolute wild time i could just sit back and watch it happen uh, watch, <laughs> all recording. Once, uh it'll be it'll be a disaster but it'll be beautiful at the same time uh so we've got uh let's let's go for another question then let's see what we've got it's all nice ones we just got stone malone last one i've got no got two here. <laughs> stone malone he's just
1: Favorite McFlurry. That's his that's his favorite question, isn't it? It is, it its um, For me, I think it's a smart one for me, but I like I like them all. Man after my own heart. Smarty is my always
0: my top choice. Nobody seems to pick it. So I'm all in for that. And uh you know raw, he's this is the last fan question, and we can go back to, to all this stuff. because uh, 'cause I've got loads to cover. Uh favorite John Cena match.
1: Oh favourite John Cena match, that's one of my John Cena is one of my favourites. Uh, the all time Dex got a good story Kreiger he's got a good story if WrestleMania 32 I'll let him tell that because he tells it better than I do um, I would have to say versus Edge Unforgiven 2006 in Toronto the TLC match oh yeah yeah. that's one of my favourites you know Edge is one of my all time favourites as well uh, and those two together were just phenomenal so I would I would say that one and if you've not seen it go and check it out
0: Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, it must, must be kind of cool then. I'm sure that you said you wrestled Joey and, and numerous times. I'm sure you've picked his brain trying to get these. Uh, he's not, he's very giving with stories <laughs> when it comes to, uh, to his, his, uh, his mates,
1: but uh, were you kind of picking his brain for edge stories and, and all that kind of thing? I'm trying to get a word in with Joey. Joey's uh, hard enough, he's always just kind of a, we just always bangs off stories with it kind of a speaking to him if you like um i can't i can't think of any off the top of my head that he's always he's always talking to he's talking about edge will be like so me me and edge and jay that's and then i'll go that's edge and christian <laughs> and then i'll be like he'll go on and he'll tell it he'll tell the story and then like um you'll you're too busy laughing at the fact he said that to, to hear the rest of the story, you know what I mean? Like you're just laughing at the fact the way he's the way he's delivery is just it's just funny and then you miss the you kind of miss the story. Yeah, I've I've driven him
0: twice and that's that's what's happened every time. So oh, me me, Adam, Jade, Terry, oh, You know that's said uh, Edge Christian and Rhino. And then I'm just like <laughs> I'm just blanked from that because 'cause I've went I know. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> just just lost it from that point. Uh, right. So before we, we move on to things like Pro Wrestling Scotland, which we'll get to, you're recently on, you know, just a little thing called the WWE Network, uh, which is now on Peacock in front of was it, 36 to 42 million potential people watching you wrestle uh, facing Andy Wild.
1: How, how did that come about? And, and what are your thoughts on the whole experience? Oh, the whole the whole experience was fantastic. Um, just kind of a kept pitching ideas to ICW management. Like I've been there, been there a few times. ICW had a really good run back in the, a few years ago. Um, and the group called Offcom that that was a, we had a really good run there uh, with with Nikki Cross and I think Demo was in that well, at one point and then Nike just kind of a kind of a stop like during that one I got to wrestle uh, Moshe in a singles match in the garage that was that was one of my my favourite matches uh, John Moss um, one of my favourite singles matches that was that was fantastic uh, and then me and Krieger had a couple of matches as a, as a tag team in ICW against the the Pudge again that was one of those guys those guys are a fantastic man. I don't know if you've seen much of their stuff, but going back to tag team wrestling, that's that's a tag team I really I really enjoy watching them and really enjoyed working them. I think we only worked them like once in a singles, like a singles tag, and then it was once in a triple threat tag with Wild Boar and I can't remember his tag team partner's name. Uh Mike Bird, in that team. Mike Bird, that's the one I so again that's a that was another fantastic tag team. So we got to do that and then kind of um ICW went with with Lou and Krieger, just the the timing, the timing was was better for them and the dynamic was better. So I was just just kept pitching ideas and then uh, I got the call for ICW management to come and do it. Um obviously the matches are I don't know if I'm breaking the fifth wall here, but if I'm you can edit this <laughs> just delete this. But but the matches the matches are filmed, obviously for then TV and then Everyone's put together. So I wrestled I wrestled Daz uh, first, but that, that's not been on yet. On the night of the taping. Um and I actually got hot on that. I, I tore my bicep tendon off the off the um I tore my bicep off the tendon right at the start of that match. I think I didn't really know I'd done it. I felt pins and needles in, in my arm and I was like I looked down and my bicep wasn't where it was meant to be and I was like, Ugh. so I finished the match with Daz, I don't even know how it happened, I just, like, I happened at the start of the match, I just remember looking down when I started the heat on him and it was gone, so, patched up with the physio, taped up, put the pad on, the, went out and wrestled Andy, so, I really enjoyed the match with Andy, I thought it was good, but it could have been better if I wasn't hurt. Um, but the whole experience was fantastic. It was uh, it was really good, and then to be on the, on the network was, was uh, very surreal. Watching myself back, but it was it was fantastic at the, the same time. It's one of
0: those things I like I like speaking to folk about this because you can you can literally go into a search engine now and type TJ Rage, and you'll pop up. Uh, so if you go Bret Hart. There you go. There's all Bret's matches putting TJ Rage. <laughs> There's my match, against Andy Wild. Um, That That's, yeah, that, that's blown my mind a little bit. That I mean, this like, is supposed to go out in June, so hopefully by that point, this, the, your match with Daz will have went out. Uh, but I think, if, it's,
1: I think it's on next week.
0: Ah, oh, fine then. But I, I mean, if not, that's still quite incredible because I was watching your match with, with Andy and it is really a, it's a brawl. It's there, there's, there's you didn't let up, you didn't show that you had uh, an injury at all. It was just two big dudes just smacking each other <laughs> for a good, good couple of minutes. I really I
1: really enjoyed and Andy's a fantastic talent. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the match we Andy like me and him kind of started the same kind of a time. And for the amount of for the amount of like years we've been in it together, that was only ever our second singles match in sixteen years. So that, that's quite incredible incredible to think about considering how long we've actually been and the scene together.
0: Yeah, I think I saw when I was, when I was doing my little research that the only other match I saw with you and Andy in it was uh, was like a, a four-way or something like that in, in ICW, uh, but this is a, a, a good while ago, this was when uh, I think a very long time ago anyway in ICW. Um, what was it like wrestling in front of nobody?
1: No fans, no crowd, just just a couple of camera folk. See, to be honest with you, like once once the bell rings, you don't really, you don't really notice it. If I'm honest, like you knew the guys were watching backstage, you knew the camera guys were there. Excuse me, like it's almost you're just in the zone. Like I see, as soon as you once you get into that zone. Your music hits, you're out and you just go out and you do it. So obviously it was it was different, but it was still it was just amazing just to be back in the ring and being able to being able to wrestle. I mean I suppose
0: when I've seen you wrestle anyway, your character doesn't often lend to to not necessarily working with the crowd because of course you do the claps, get the come ons and all that kind of stuff, but really TJ Rage is the big intense monster, he, he does his actions, his actions do the talking. So I suppose have nobody ringside. Yeah, like you say, once once you get going, that's it. Just ready to go.
1: Definitely um, once Yeah. Just like I said, once you get into it, man, once that once that bell rings, you run the zone and you just just went.
0: Um so moving outside of, of actually doing wrestling, you run pro wrestling Scotland. As, as well um. Yep. so there was a couple of shows it took a bit of a hiatus and then it was really starting to kind of pick up about 2018 onwards
1: um, what made you decide to start promoting your own shows? Yeah, just basically somewhere for my guys my guys to go because obviously they, we've got the two schools under the one banner so uh, it was just just somewhere for my guys to go and give them that that experience working with the, the the more experienced guys. We've got that many guys coming through coming through the doors. We've got them to show ready. So just basically somewhere for the guys to go and to get in front of a, a live crowd and give them that experience to go with the more experienced guys. We had a couple of we had a couple of really good shows before we kind of shut down and we had obviously more plans Going ahead with more shows booked, moving moving forward before COVID kind of kicked in.
0: Uh, and of course, uh some of the actual some of the shows, well, at least two of them, I think, were working hand in hand with Krieger's uh, Pro Progressing Innovation as well. Um and this kind of going forward, is this is this your kind of way to again get your guys on, get their guys on and just just uh, have it as a bit of a, a training ground, but uh, like a, like a finishing school kind
1: of thing where they can keep active. Yeah, so my, my kind of a goal with pro wrestling Scotland is to have my guys face the more experienced guys and give them more opportunities. So if you if you look, um, take Daz boy for example, the last two shows he wrestled Stevie Stevie Boy, Xavier. He wrestled him twice, once in New Mainz and then once in Allure, and That was the kind of a joint show with. Um, pro wrestling innovation, and then he wrestled Kenny Williams. Um again in new Mains before, obviously COVID hit. Um, trying to think, Stone Malone. He wrestled Bad Boy Liam Thompson at one of the one of the shows. So it's just just a chance for my guys that are coming through to get in the ring with these guys. I've been around the block and done it. Done it a thousand times. Dean Ford wrestled BT and Stevie in a triple threat match in his hometown. And um, just to give the guys that experience to get out and wrestle, because they're, they're not gonna they're gonna learn so much in training, but they take out in front of a live crowd and then wrestle guys that are better than them to get better. They're not gonna get better wrestling guys that are kind of on the same level, if you like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I was just remembering that, that I saw a clip
0: of the Dean Ford, which is a uh, BT Gun, Stevie Xavier. And it just reminded me of uh, just the open bit. I can't remember the event now, which is my I think it was Survivor Series 2009, maybe. It was uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H and John Cena. And it just opened with, with Shawn Michaels, Super Kick and Triple H. And the place just went absolutely nuts. Um, and that was just the first bit I saw with was Dean just booting Stevie out of the ring and then getting on with the match. I was like oh, amazing. Um yeah, so so Pro Wrestling Scotland, so that that's that's your is, is this your kind of um I don't know, out of ring back when you decide to finally not wrestle anymore. Is this your kind of what you're gonna be doing? Training Pro Wrestling Scotland? Is that your your plan going forward?
1: And obviously in the future. Hopefully, eh, COVID permitting. Eh, hopefully, I've got a, a good few years left in me. Mate. I don't know. Obviously, I'll see how this injury heals up and eh, take it to there. I don't. I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. But my body might decide otherwise. I mean, I mean, you're <laughs> only thirty six. I mean, uh wrestlers are going up into their fifties
0: quite happily now, so it could be a while yet.
1: Just gotta stay, stay fit and stay, stay in condition, mate, and take it for there. But hopefully, hopefully the the, the training show comes back we are buying after COVID and then we can start booking some shows and getting some fans, some butts in the seats and entertaining some people.
0: Um, so when COVID hit, of course it was what March last year, uh, so long ago. Um, how have you be? Of course, you did, did the bits for ICW, but how beforehand? How did you keep yourself active and and ready, sh- even show ready to go? Uh, of course, you do PTing as well. So is that what yep. you were doing in the in the meantime?
1: So kind of on my full time jobs in education, so I was still doing that, um, working working with kids with additional support needs. So that's that's my full time job, and then I do some PT and such. So I'm still doing that. All the way throughout COVID, and then I was just doing doing some circuit training and I invested in a set of dumbbells that was just doing, I was still training in the house, and everything was going relatively well. I was still in good shape until I got hot, and then the first couple of weeks, like I was in a sling, and like I was still kind of feeling the side effects from the the anaesthesia. how, how you say it? Have I said that I think right? so. Yeah. A kind of a the knock, knockout guys, if you like. Um. So I was still kind of a feeling that for the first couple of weeks, so I was I was struggling just to like do a ten minute, fifteen minute walk, and then obviously the gyms are open back up now, so getting back in, just getting back in about it now, and getting the conditioning back up, and I can train my legs just now, and I can lift five kg for upper body, so. Maybe by the time this goes out, I'll be back. Back training properly, and the gym, and hopefully we're not too far away from getting the but, guys back in yeah. training as well. Well, I think
0: when when this actually goes out, it sh- we, we should be days away. Fingers crossed from from uh, the next phase of restrictions being lifted. So uh, hopefully by that point, um, we'll be a bit clearer on. Where we're at and, and what we can do. um A company I just want to bring up, just because, of course, Logan Storm, uh, former tag team partner for yourself, is also uh, part of your like welfare team, welfare officer team um, as of last year with with PW, uh, PWI. I think was Respect is there a company that comes to mind? I think it is. Um, he set up Pro Two as well. So is 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 that something you were? I don't think you're announced for Pro Two, but is that something that that
1: He's helping out with you guys, Are you, you have you been kind of recommending some guys to go to him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, I, been, I, I will be working for Pro 2 uh, if, if, if I can go. Uh, I'll be there and kind of, a, I'm sure he mentioned this when he spoke to you, but his vision again just giving the younger guys somewhere to, to get out in front of a live crowd and, and perform. Um, the more companies, obviously, the more companies that can work together and uh, communicate and trade talent and what have you, it's going to be beneficial for, for everybody moving forward. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to being part of that and just looking forward to being able to wrestle again.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I mean last year, of course, yeah, I think now more than ever, it's important that companies uh, especially communicate. That's, that's the most important thing because uh, it was a very, a very uh, murky time. I mean, again, we're coming up to years since this stuff happened. Uh, but yeah, it was a very, very murky time. And uh, hopefully, like I say, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to, people will be able to take out wrestling safely and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. I've got two questions that we ask everyone. They're a bit stupid, uh, so I'll just making you aware of that before I ask them. One you'll probably no, be familiar no. with because uh, it's a, it's a Kriger looking sharp question that we've adopted. Uh, but the first one that I ask everyone now is uh, what's your favourite dinosaur?
1: My, my favourite dinosaur, I'd have to say T-Rex. That's a
0: classic, can't go wrong with T-Rex. And the
1: other question we have is,
0: uh, I regret ask, I, I'm keeping it now because I've asked that many times. Why do we in a fight? <laughs> Two sheep or one cow?
1: <laughs> where did you get that? Did you get that from
0: Uh Craig asked Lewitt and it's it's been in our
1: question pot ever since. <laughs> oh, you've got you've got to take the numbers. You've got to take the number advantage. I'm going to go two sheep. That's a, a, a,
0: it's one of those questions where. where you either have an answer or you've spent far too much time thinking about it and agonising <laughs> over the answer. That's, uh, but, de- that's definitely something
1: Kroger would be asking.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, it got to the point where he said he doesn't know the answer anymore. He just picks the opposite one that Craiger picks. And then that's it from there. He can just argue about it for, for no reason. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one. But we're keeping it. Uh, so... I mean we we spoke about your career and, and of course your favourites being Bret Hart and what have you. Um WrestleMania thirty two,
1: was, was there a particular reason why you wanted to go to that one or was it just to, it was to go to WrestleMania? Just I uh, just uh, so I've been to three. I've been fortunate enough to have been to three many. So that was my second one. Um me and the wife went to WrestleMania twenty-nine in New York, New Jersey. Or New Jersey, New York New York, however you say it. So that was the first one. And we just made a holiday, we went there for two weeks and took in WrestleMania. And then, yeah, it was just WrestleMania 33, just me and Dick decided, right, we're going, let's save up and go and do it. Like, I can't remember if it was, like, his idea or my idea or or what it was. We just kind of decided, right, we're going. And then I was at 33 as well with a wife.
0: So, so, you got uh, Rock Cena, and that would have been yep. your first one. Oh, nice. It, so, uh, yeah, I think you've, you've taken. I think you would you would have got, of course, Undertaker. You would have got Rock. You would, you got all the all the all the biggest names ever. Probably Hogan turned up at some point. I can't remember. It's a it's a blur now. Um, I wrestling. don't remember
1: Hogan we at any of those ones actually. Uh, I've been to I was at, I've been to a few Summer Slams as well. Uh, which was pretty cool. I got to Toronto. Then got to see Goldberg live, which was pretty cool. Because uh, obviously I grew, I grew up, when I grew up, like, like I said, I was a big Bret mark. but like when I was kind of a teenager, I didn't have Sky, it was more TNT. So it was all, it was more, I grew up more on kind of a nitro into like, your, when you started getting into it, you like, probably 97 through 2000. It was more Friday night would be WCW Nitro, then, then Thunder, and Saturday morning would be, would be WWE. So getting to see Goldberg live was a, was pretty cool. And Edge, Edge come back at that one, and he, that's when he speared Elias on the pre-show for some weird, weird, weird reason. And like I say, I'm a big Edge mark, so that was fantastic as well. Um, I think I keep... I think people will
0: kind of agree. You, you kind of a lot of your your offense is very Goldberg-esque as well. Just just the big spear. And uh, we'll have you see another one that was you kind of put together your your wrestling repertoire. Was he was he, uh, an inspiration for that?
1: Uh, probably probably some moves. Yeah, I've always been I've always been enamored with like the the big muscle bound guys as well. Goldberg, Triple H, Cena. Obviously The Rock, The Rock now, The Rock was, it wasn't a small guy back in 1998-99 but he was never never the biggest. He was never like the big body guy like uh, guys like Batista and things like that. These guys always, guys that are larger in life, Arnold Schwarzenegger outside, wrestling, these guys have always inspired me to go in and lift weights and what have you and, and train.
0: Uh, so, a, a big Arnie fan, is at movies as well, or just, just his bodybuilding work? Big oh, in...
1: everything, yeah, you've got to love Arnie. India doesn't love Arnold Schwarzenegger, needs uh, to reevaluate that.
0: So, I'm not, I'm not so much for his action films, but give me Kindergarten Cop. Oh, that's, that's On a brilliant. Sunday, ITV2, with the adverts, I don't care, I'm watching Kindergarten Cop. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, definitely. Definitely.
0: So, so, Arnie, outside the regular, anything else that, that, outside of wrestling, people might not expect uh, TJ
1: Rage to be into? Um, no, like, football, big Liverpool fan. Um,
0: I, I don't have any further conversation about football, to be <laughs> honest, other than the team's not doing great <laughs> this a, year. That's about it, that's all. No,
1: I mean. it's not. We've not had the best of year. <laughs> um, and the gym, lifting weights, that's just the usual stuff, like, I wouldn't say there's anything else unusual, just the, the usual stuff people like to do, going out with their friends, eating, cinema, that kind of stuff, mate, nothing. Nothing, nothing unusual. Kind of unusual. Nothing yeah. unusual, I would say.
0: You have got a, a collection of, like, uh, what are they called? Oh, God, I can't remember. The, the, the Bears. What are they called? Uh, I'm totally blanking on them. Anyway, yeah, you do have an old collection of stuff uh,
1: hanging no, about. I've uh, uh, I grew up, I grew up on Power Rangers, so like when they brought out the Legacy Collection, I've got some of that stuff. So I've got some Power Rangers collection and some some wrestling kind of stuff. I, I like, I like like the belts and stuff, like the wee mini wrestling belts. I collect that and I collect some some wrestling figures that like the guys I grew up on, like Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Brett, Sting. Oh, I when it comes to figures,
0: my my only rule now is if they're Scottish, I'll buy them. So of course I've got Drew, and yeah. I'm I'm sure there'll be a Nicky somewhere hanging about in Elgin that I haven't found yet that I'll I'll I won't <laughs> get. Um, but but yeah, belts. I mean, you might as well see them, but I've only got three because that's only as many as I can get into the house because I've got a mortgage <laughs> to pay for. I think if I come home with another belt, I'll be, she'll be like, Nah, got no
1: spare room for a reason. You can go sleep in there. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I like the wee mini ones, see the wee twelve inch ones. Um, you can get away with a few more of them.
0: <laughs> I'll will bear that in mind. And uh, Power Rangers, oh, I love Power Rangers. I mean, we're not that far different in age, so like I say, Mighty Morphin. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. all over that. Mighty Morphin. Kind of that's what That's what I grew up on. I grew up in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and that was like, um, that was my childhood.
0: And I'm, I'm tried to,
1: I've got my, my wife into
0: the Marvel films, so I'm just, I'm very slowly getting my way to getting a Captain America shield in the house and all that kind of cool oh, stuff. Good I mean, enough. I've already got uh, uh, my own here in the background, which is like the best oh, thing I ever. Guess. But oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to have to to really work on, on uh, Power Rangers if I want to get a, a, a Saba sword
1: <laughs> in the house. Sir. Ah, you maybe need to take out, you maybe need to remortgage me for one of them. I've got one of them kicking about. Uh, one of I had the ones. I had one when I was, I was seven.
0: It was the best thing ever, but it just one got the mangled.
1: Aye. No, mine, mine's. Uh, it's open, but it's displayed. I'll send you a photo later on Oh, I
0: can I, I love seeing that kind of thing. Um, Alster, uh, Alster Adams, he's got. Uh, he's got a couple of helmets, ha- a couple of Power Ranger helmets. So, uh, if you're ever looking to 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 book the Red Power Ranger for Pro wrestling Scotland, he's got the full kit. <laughs> He's got everything for it, so just just uh, throwing out Alistair against get bookings I said to them uh, but right. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll been over an hour. We'll wrap up here. But if, if anyone, well, ending on like a big philosophical one. Um, if anyone's thinking of of training once this whole thing's over, what
1: would be your main advice for them? Just give it a try, like just go for it. Like I say, there's been people that are doing amazing just now that on the first day you would never thought you, they would make it. You just gotta believe in yourself and like just make those first steps. Just find a school, do your homework if it's close to you, if it's if it's not close to you, if you need to travel, like I'm sure a lot of people have seen the WWE twenty-four with Vue and if you've if you've not go and watch it and if you've if you've not read his book, definitely. Go and get his book. It's very for him. It's inspiring to be a wrestler. That's very inspiring. But if if you've never done a training session, then just find a reputable trainer and just give it a go. You you never know until you try. Don't don't be negative and don't like be down on yourself before you before you start. Just give it give it a try. And if it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't work out. But at least you know you tried it and. He, he gave it a shot and if if you do you might not might not be what you expect you might go in and you might not be very good the first few sessions the first six months of the first year but if you if you put the work in then you'll get to where you want to be perfect um, well, perfect uh, right so where can people find you on social media just TJRage UK Instagram and Twitter Facebook Excellent. Well, perfect. well,
0: thank you very much for joining me today uh, on the SWM podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Billy. Good talking to you.